This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 100, woohoo, of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Isha Oberoi. Hi, Isha. Hi, Brendan. Thanks we, for having me on again. It's uh, well, it's. I was looking at the stats just before we got on, and you were last on in um, it was episode twenty four in May twenty nineteen, and the podcast has been going since October twenty eighteen, so over four years now. Um, and I thought it'd be great to get you back on because you've had quite a journey. You've gone from EO to YPO. And also, last time you're a little bit cheeky and to turn the tables on me, and you actually interviewed me. So <laughs> this time, I, I, I would definitely love to uh, to uh, jump into what you're doing. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. So um, tell us, uh, yeah. So it's been you know three and a half years, more than that now since um, since you came on. Tell us about what your journey has been. It's. Uh... It's been incredible and it's transformed, I think. Uh, certainly one of the pivotal changes has been the transition from EO to YPO, which has been phenomenal, but I absolutely I miss EO so much, um, both great organisations. But outside of that, there's also been some uh, changes in my, I guess, professional direction. And I've gone from a hugely service-focused organisation called AFIA Care Services, which is which is really starting to hit maturity, to now a product-led uh, health tech startup, and uh, that's been transformative in so many levels and really pushed me outside my comfort zone, uh, which is which is great. You know, I think we we often need that when we get really comfortable in life. Yeah. So is it the fact that because uh, it's an NDIS, like, uh, is it aged care or disability care, um, AFIA? AFIA Care Services is funded by the National Disability Insurance Scheme and My Aged Care Schemes. So, yes, we support 1,400 families on a weekly basis. Under that yep. scheme, we have circa 800 support staff and very much concentrated in New South Wales. And uh, it's I'm still a director on the business, and it's actually a good um Good transition and learning for me as well as I move from an operating CEO to a more governance lens mm. and having uh, sort of that, yeah, just more of a focus around governance, um, compliance, you know, cybersecurity, another really big one within the health uh, organisations. So that's also been uh, quite an interesting and um, fascinating learning experience. So I was going to ask, like, do you think it's because you have got to that, the business has got to that maturity level that as an entrepreneur you've kind of, I don't know, it's, it's become not exciting enough? Like it, it once it gets into that operational zone, I know a lot of entrepreneurs just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't light them up, put it that way. I will be honest as I always am, and yes, I say there was definitely a bit of founder's fatigue. Yeah. I have been in that business for 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's it, a long time. You know, that, yeah, it's a long time. And I often would wake up, especially through COVID, and feel like, I mean, COVID was a challenge, but it was a regulatory and compliance challenge. It wasn't a challenge of creative you know, um, creativity or innovation. 
And so there was there's certainly challenges in that business. I don't I think all businesses at every stage have challenges. So it wasn't uh you know, it wasn't that I wasn't being stretched, but I to a huge extent I felt that I could do that with my eyes closed and I just wasn't growing anymore. Yeah. I really okay. just didn't feel like I was getting growth. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. So tell us about this new app that you're doing and you, I can see the 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 uh, you know when you talk about it, you you light up and you're obviously uh, pretty keen on it. Yeah, so it, it just it reminds me actually, and I think what lights me up is that how I landed in a fear starting that first business and in the disability and aged care space was actually because I had depression and I couldn't find a job. I was, uh, now I openly and very comfortably can talk about that experience. It wasn't always like that, but I fell into my first business and the creation of that first business because I had, you know, significant mental health challenges and I couldn't uh, find a job. I was, I had dropped out of school and I feel like now 15 years later, I'm back in that space um, of seeing how I can make a massive impact through this digital tool in that in that you know space of people having anxiety and depression and it's highly scalable so yes it does light me up it does make me um yeah just feel really inspired by the potential of it and so uh without leaving too much more mystery i'll tell you what it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was going to be my next question so good yeah so <laughs> So Leora is an AI-powered chatbot with curated conversations that are clinically backed. So we're using cognitive behavior therapy techniques, um, acceptance um, therapy techniques, so ACT, DBT, and a lot of mindfulness. So it's it's a collective and a combination of different therapeutic techniques that can be easily uh, automated or digitized to some degree. So there is a level of self-management in this process because it's an e-digital tool for people that have anxiety or, you know, um, sort of early signs of depression to start sort of managing their own uh, mental health. Now, what we're hoping to achieve and why, you know, I built this was obviously COVID really increased we, we know that it increased a huge amount of stress in people's lives and there was a rise in anxiety levels etc and the last 24 months we've seen the waiting times to see a psychologist go from typically you know four to six weeks two months to now six months to 12 months oh wow that's that's a crisis really isn't it Yes, it's the World Health Organization now, you know, talks about mental health as not just an, um, as a, it's not even a crisis, it's an emergency, like it's a world health emergency where we really need to look at scalable solutions. In Australia, we have a good six to 12 month wait to see a psychologist and actually have that human led support. Even with the Medicare sessions that are subsidized, we are still paying out of pocket circa $95 per hour to see a therapist. A lot of people cannot afford that. We mm. think about, you know, the majority, but we can't afford $100 per hour to, we don't have that luxury. So cost, access, and, and then stigma again remains. 
there's still a lot of stigma about accessing mental health and having, um, you know, what are other people going to think of me? You know, I'm not going to be seen as a resilient person. So the the app and and the potential of this is to really break down some of these barriers that we've got these three common barriers of why people won't be able to get support in time. And then what happens is that our mental health just continues to deteriorate because it's left, you know, um, it's it's not really managed well. And then we end up with more severe conditions. And so how do you get an app like Leora out there? Because obviously it's, I don't know, how would you, how do you start to, to get people to know about it? Is it through the doctor's network or because I'm assuming that if you're feeling depressed or you've got anxiety, the first stop is your local GP. Yes, and certainly. And, and, then, and then you get referred on to there, but that's you're saying that's where the gap is. It's like six to 12 months to get a, a uh, appointment with a therapist. psychologist or ther- therapist, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, you know, the other thing just while we're talking about doctors is um, – one in seven Australians are now on antidepressants because our doctors are having to prematurely uh, prescribe antidepressants because we don't have the therapist. So just another really sad statistic which can be avoided. Um, There are a few ways. So the way that we're looking to go to market with Leora, so we had a soft launch a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The product is now in a number of small to medium businesses and we're we're going through employers because I do think that, you know, the first the early signs of stress and anxiety and depression are often like we spend eight hours of our daytime in our workplace. And often people like our peers or our managers will start to see the changes that happen in an individual, whether, you know, they're starting to become disengaged or feeling demotivated or just uninspired. And um, and and so those are sort of the signs that we can see. Right. So. Leora is first going in as an employer assistance program, so an employee assistance program. I think about it like a modern version of an EAP. You've got this AI tool that you can use 24-7 and chat, as well as the ability for Leora. So Leora triages to a therapist on demand. So we're um, bringing in therapists and that human-led support to offer that blended uh, mental health um, tool effectively. But yes, doctors, psychologists, we do have the intention for them to obviously promote Leora uh, in the interim and in between someone having therapy sessions. Okay. So as an EAP program for employers, is it a paid service to start with or because I'm thinking that you need to get scaled distribution, like, I don't know, is there a freemium model or A hundred percent. So for a lot of businesses, we are offering it as a freemium, as a trial, because the AI will only get more intelligent as people use it as well. So there, you know, we have this um, great dependency on individuals to actually use it uh, and test it out and have conversations in it. So it is absolutely in our favor and our benefit that we do offer this. And so in our initial period, and this could be six months or eight months, um, we'll see how we go this, you know, this coming year in 2023. But there is that opportunity to just have Leora in your business and um, offer it to your team members for absolutely free. And it's only when there is that uh, booking a session with a therapist 
there is a cost attached to that. So either the employer or the business can pay for those therapy sessions or the employee and the individual can pay privately. So there are, you know, multiple payment gateways and opportunities. So either or really. Don't don't you have the same problem though, like a six to 12 month wait to see a therapist? Well, there's a few, uh, we, there's a few things that we're doing differently. One, it's a video conferencing tool. So it's telehealth essentially, yeah. which means that we will reduce some element of that waiting because you're not going to have to go face-to-face and um, and wait. But the other thing is that no, I think that we will bring in speed and efficiency in this whole process. So the intent of the whole marketplace attached to Leora is to bring this on-demand, on-service and really change uh the i guess the the current user journey for a therapist and a and a client which is typically i will make a phone call or i will go to a gp get a plan in place and then call around book someone and then physically go and see them in their clinic so there is sort of that modification of the user journey that we're hoping to introduce and no, I, I expect our service to be a lot more efficient. And, and so effectively, Medicare are out of the equation because you're going direct to the therapist and it's going to be on par with what you get as a subsidised um, therapy sessions. Is that, am I understanding, like, understanding that correctly or or um, do you still have to go back to a doctor and get a, a, a referral? So there's three there's three options, Brendan. So if the employer is paying for it, yeah, then obviously that's the best thing because then employees or users don't have to um, pay any upfront costs. If uh, you know, we find that when you're going through a difficult time in your life, sometimes just two or three sessions, yeah, can help reduce the I guess the friction in your life and also the need to have to then have more and more follow-up sessions yeah and typically if the employer is funding that that's fantastic or the individual will have to pay so obviously the human led and then um and then if there's a subsidized you know if they want to pay the reduced cost then the mental health care plan through a gp is a good option as well because then they obviously have that subsidized option from the platform And I think, you know, if we talk more about the actual AI component, this is exactly what we're trying to solve is that the more conversations we have going through the mental health tool, the AI Leora, uh, the more intelligent it becomes over time and over the years. And it can probably manage a lot of those early conversations that you would anyway then end up having with a counsellor or therapist to reduce the need and the dependency. What it also ultimately will achieve is that our therapists can actually focus on much more complex and trauma-related cases and, um, you know, events in people's lives. So if you were to go down that sort of um, Medicare um, track, can you do telehealth with a doctor via the app as well? Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, you get, in other words, you can do it all from your, your lounge room. Pretty much. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So 28% of the Australian population lives in rural and regional areas. And it's even, I mean, the situation about with them getting in front of a psychologist, it's even worse than Metro because we've got this maldistribution 
of therapists, like clinicians and, and clients. So, yeah, this is what excites me about Leora is that you can do, you can effectively manage your mental health through the platform. Yeah. So we're using, um, you know, through the platform as well, I just, we're using uh, currently a video conferencing tool that's HIPAA approved, as well as um, even in terms of the architecture and the investment that we've put into the technology, you know, we're ensuring that it's fully cyber secure and uh, we're regularly doing penetration tests as well. Oh, okay. The data is safe. Um, the health records of individuals are, are kept safe. Now, in saying that, the app is also anonymous when you're chatting. So it's a completely anonymous um, tool. And we actually promote it to be, you know, that you can use a nickname, just use the pseudo name when you're having conversations. So yeah. you can be quite comfortable. Uh, if individuals do um, put in real names and real data, that's all anyway encrypted and uh, de-identified as it gets saved into the database. How long did it take you to develop this? It sounds it sounds like a beast. So <laughs> uh, we've been. I think I, I've been lucky that I've had the resources from you know my previous business. And I think when you have a second, your second time founder, things are a lot faster because you already kind of have had the journey. Yeah. But all in all, like we've just ticked over a year. So from ideation, like from my idea, yeah. to roll out, like to launch actually to launch has been uh, just over a year. Oh, so that's amazing. Been, yeah. Congra congratulations. It sounds <laughs> sounds very exciting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was actually our World Mental Health Month, October last year, that this sort of really came about as an idea and then we launched this year in World um, in Mental Health Month in October. And so do you have a, like, a big development team that's put this together? Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. I wouldn't say it's big. They're just really super effective. We've, you know, got senior, there's a couple of engineers, but they're 15 years of experience coding. And yeah. then of course, the machine learning engineer that's been working effectively on the chat. Yeah. And are they local or offshore? Yes, they're local. So okay, that's been, it's been really wonderful, actually, because we received some support from New South Wales government and received the um, MVP uh, government grant as well, which was rather nice. So anyone yeah. looking to, you know, to so how, yeah, how does that work? Let just for people that are interested in that. So MVP being minimum viable product. Yeah. So if you've got an idea, and um, so there's a number of grants, but I just found this one to be probably the the most seamless. Uh, go like you just go into the New South Wales MVP government grant website, apply for it. It's a comprehensive application, but it you know it, it mm. needs to be because you need to have your business uh, uh, plan validated, and and yeah, you just put in your commercials, your forecasting, and it's a thirty thousand dollar grant okay. that helps to facilitate the build of the MVP. So we received that early on in the journey, and that's also been really helpful in in bringing this to life. But I'm thinking. What you've described sounds a lot more expensive than thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, it has been. Uh, it has, yeah, it's it's an expensive investment. Yeah, and I am keen to, you know, look at some, um, look at a cap raise early next year as well, just to make sure that we can make this sustainable and continue building on it. 
So the the ultimate business model is once you've got the marketplace working, is it something like the Apple App Store where you take, I don't know, a 30% cut out of what everyone earns or how do you actually make money from this product? Our commercialization is um, definitely that employee assistance. So yep. it's an EAP for businesses. That's the commercialization. We don't want to charge the therapist yep. given that they are already, you know, they don't, need to pay to be on a platform. Mm-hmm. They've got enough work and yeah. uh, you can sort of continue uh, with their current model of um, delivering care. So our intent is really not to charge the therapist and our intent is not to charge the user if we can avoid it. And so hence um, the commercialization and the revenue model definitely comes from businesses investing in their people. And and I actually believe that it's important. I've had a business for 15 years and I and I think that it's an important role that an employer plays for their their people is to, you know, it, it helps even in attraction and retention of great talent and it's just a really good perk. It's, you know, it's times better than just having a fruit bowl in the kitchen, although I'm sure a lot of people are anyway now hybrid. But point being, like, it's, you know, it's something that we're investing in their development of their mental and emotional capacity. Yeah. And um, my next question was going to be around, so what is the sweet spot for companies with EA, like employee assistant programs? Like how big do they, what's the minimum amount of employees that you're finding that they generally have to have? Is it like 100 people or? Sort of the minimum. Yeah, like I'm just curious, like what's the sweet spot for your for your potential clients? Like, because obviously EAPs, you have to be of a certain scale for yeah. it to be viable. Is it? Have you done any 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 thoughts around that? Mm-hmm. Brendan, I and this again, this is the thing that I love about Leora because the uh, AI chat, right? This the digital uh, techniques, the therapy techniques. Um, they're within the chat platform. Anyone of any size of business can use uh, the application. So fr- from a from a I guess if you're gonna invest in it like for your business, you'd probably be looking at anywhere over 25 employees is a good starting spot. So a business with say 25 employees could look at investing in Leora for about, $2,000 a year. When yeah. you start to get at about 100 employees, you know, you're spending about circa $6,000. And then, yeah. of course, as the employee base starts to increase, it can go up to anywhere between, you know, ten dollars to $15,000 because it's the human uh, therapy hours that you're actually purchasing. Yeah. But even for smaller businesses and uh, smaller businesses that want to offer an innovative mental health um you know, tool and resilience program for their team, well, they can download Leora, they can have the web app, and at least their team members can still access the exercises, which yeah. we tend to keep for free for a period of time. So yeah. at this stage, there's really no no limitation on who can access it. Yeah. So is it live now? Like, can we get, can the listeners go on to leora.ai and, yes. and use yes. it? Yeah. It's, it's we'll live now. It's live yep. now, so it's Leora.ai. Okay, L-E-O-R-A dot A-I. Yes. Uh, amazing. How exciting. Yeah, it is. It's a very exciting journey. Really and hope to break some of these barriers and some more people can access care. 
Yeah, and the AI component is just, I mean, that's where the world's heading, isn't it? We're doing more and more of that. And um, machines are ultimately probably smarter than humans. They can, ac- <laughs> they can access a lot more information straight they away. Can, yeah. yeah, they can process a lot more. Uh, and I think, you know, I think conversational AI is going to be the, it's sort of the next wave of opportunity and innovation for businesses and not just health businesses i'm i'm pretty certain all industries will there'll be a massive uptake in the next decade and it is uh it's just about an omni channel experience you know for for consumers it's it's not that one is going to supersede the other but i, I certainly think the next decade is going to be really leveraging that omni channel experience where individuals have the opportunity to access digital and leverage digital where there is uh, a lack of um the human, but then that's where the human, the human support comes in where we need more sophistication and when there's more complex results, right, that we, or outcomes that we need to achieve. So uh, I I think blended is the way to go. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's just about the end of our interview, Isha. Thanks so much for coming on. It's leora.ai. Go and check it out, everyone. Um, and before I pop up, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone for um, listening over the last 100 episodes. We've got uh, Lynn Padretti taking over from episode 101, which is, uh, you know, someone carrying the, the torch onwards and upwards. Um, so, yeah, it's been an amazing journey over the last four and a bit years and um, really thankful for everyone uh, coming on and, and uh, spending their time being interviewed by me. So thanks, Isha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, looking forward, maybe we'll get you back on on, on episode 200. You, we've got <laughs> get Sounds you in some, some nice milestones there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've been listening to an APAC EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.